in part four of our focus on Ephesians 1, 7 to 10, we spend one last session on the third dimension of redemption. Redemption, remember, being release by a payment or freedom through a ransom. And the blood is the ransom or the payment in him that is in Christ. We have redemption, release, freedom through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And the first one, the first dimension of redemption was this right here, forgiveness of our trespasses, because that's the one that Paul explicitly mentions. This redemption is forgiveness from trespasses. That is, we are set free from our guilt, the debt we owed God, and the wrath that we were under, the just wrath, we were set free by his forgiveness. The second dimension that we looked at was the future dimension in the end when our bodies are redeemed through resurrection, the day of redemption as in chapter 4 verse 30 of Ephesians and Romans 8 23 where the redemption of our bodies is mentioned. And today we look at the middle dimension, namely between the present forgiveness we enjoy and the future resurrection of the body that takes away all defects from our bodies and minds and hearts. There is the experience that I mentioned from 1 Peter chapter 1. You were ransomed, there's our word, from the futile, or redeemed, from the futile ways. So ways, not just guilt, and not just future deliverance from defect, but present futile behaviors, ways that we inherited from our forefathers. So, Father, I pray that as we focus on how the blood of Christ, the redemption, through his blood, effects a deliverance from ways now, not just guilt for those ways, but the ways themselves, that you would show us how this works and cause us to experience it in our practical lives. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here it is again in Titus 2.14. This is Paul's letter to Titus. Christ gave himself There's the blood of Christ being shed to redeem, there's our word, there's a redemption, us from all lawlessness. That's behavior. And positively, to purify for himself a people of his own possession who are zealous for good deeds. So lawlessness goes away, good deeds abound because of redemption through the self-giving of Jesus by his blood. So I'm arguing that when we read, in him we have redemption through his blood, this redemption is not only the forgiveness of sins, and not only the day of redemption that will come at the end when we receive new bodies, but right now it is a release from feudal ways, it is a release from lawlessness, 
and it is a power for good works. Now, the question is, how does that work? What really happened in the death of Christ that secures, secures our freedom from lawlessness and our good works? We focus a lot on forgiveness and on imputed righteousness by justification that is alien to us, and we, we remain imperfect, but we are perfect in Christ. It's good to, to, to emphasize that. But that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about real change secured by the blood of Jesus. So let's, let's watch it in relationship to the new covenant. This is one way to think about it. Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, or likewise the cup, after uh, they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you. So he's referring to the cup as a reference to his blood. This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So he sheds his blood and thus secures, establishes the new covenant. What's that? Here it is, Jeremiah 31. Behold, in those the days are coming, declares the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God, and they will be my people. What does that mean? When the blood of the covenant that Jesus says, Jesus says, my blood is the securing of the new covenant, and the new covenant is the writing of the law on the heart. Once it was written on stone, and now in a new way, by the Spirit, it's going to be written on hearts written on hearts, law within them. What does it mean? Here's Ezekiel's version of the command or of the new covenant that clarifies. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. That's what it means to have the law written on our, heart, our hearts. I will cause you to be careful to obey my rules. So when Jesus died and secured the new covenant promise, this is what he was securing. This is the relationship between the death of Jesus and our walk, the death of Jesus and our obedience. It was really secured. I'm not saying perfection. The Bible's very clear, like in 1 John 1, 7-9, we are not perfect in this life. But we are granted a new level of obedience, a new heart for God, a new walking in the statutes of God. So, when it says we have redemption through his blood, and that redemption includes new ways of life, the way the blood secures the new ways of life is according to the new covenant. Christ died and gave his blood, the blood of the covenant, 
to secure the promises of the new covenant, and those promises include the guarantee that we will walk in newness of life. Now, here's one more text to show how it works, and here we're picking up where we left off last time. Romans 8. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, what is this good that these all things in life yield, lead to? Answer, for those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Now, that conformity, I argued last time, does include, yes, we will get a new body, like First Peter 3.21 says, like his glorious body, but this is conformity to the Son in real new, new ways of life. So, this good that God is working in us is a conformity to his Son. Now, how is that connected to the blood of Jesus? He who did not spare his own Son, but gave him up, for us all. That's the blood of Jesus. How shall he not with him graciously give us all things? And we saw that that rhetorical question is meant to be a promise. He will most certainly graciously give us all things. And these these all things here are the same as these all things here. That is, he will see to it that everything we need in order for our good to come to pass, a good including conformity to the image of his Son will be secured by the not sparing of his Son and the giving of his Son. And therefore, it is the redemption through the blood of Jesus that secures new ways, new conformity to Jesus, not just the forgiveness of our trespasses, not just resurrection at the end of the day, but in between a new way of life secured by this redemption. This is a freedom and a release by payment from sinning and not just the forgiveness of sins.